0: The street is where we create, we call it suburbanpreneurship.
1: Mixing big company resources with an entrepreneurial spirit. This
0: is electric people.
1: Hey, what's up everybody. This is Adam McClellan. We're live in Boston right now, and I'm super excited for this episode. We have three of our most powerful women of new England on electric people with us today. So, uh, I'll start my left. We've got Ariana Ryan. She is one of our managers in the Boston West office. Ariana has been with us for five years now. Career number of installs. What are we at now?
0: Ooh, I'll be surpassing two hundred soon. This this coming two
1: hundred. I love it. So just kicking butt. Ariana has always been a top performer with us, and excited for you guys to hear her story. We've got Neely Ramos. She's in our Boston Central office. She's been in the foundry multiple times. She's actually the number three female installer in New England this year. So far, I think you have like 52, 53 installs on the year so far. So kicking butt. And then Kristen Slonicki, she is New England's combine manager. She was a district manager at one point in Boston North, also a district manager down in the Tampa office where she started. Kristen's awesome, and I'm excited for you guys to hear what she's got to say, so... Guys, welcome to Electric People.
0: Excited to be here. Yes,
1: yes. Who's excited the most excited is the question.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Might be me. <laughs> you. <laughs> uh,
1: so let's just get it started. Part of what I'm excited for you guys to talk about today is New England has um, more female representation than any other region in the company. And uh, it's the only region currently with female leadership in the sales org on the direct to home sales org. Um, There might be one or two others out out there actually that I'm, I'm forgetting or overlooking right now, but so I apologize. But um, I think we have four or five district managers in new England and then a lot of our top performers. And we've really developed a culture of uh, female leadership and a strong female presence in the region. So I wanted to kind of hear your experiences and why you guys think that's happening and kind of what's caused it. So um, Kristen, you've been with the company the longest and you started down in Florida. Why don't we start with you? Was there something different that you noticed about New England than where you were? Like, were you the only girl on your team down in Florida?
2: So when I came into Florida, Rachel was actually Jordan's fiance. She was actually in Florida Oh, she's with on me. the team then, yeah. Yeah, and that was one of the coolest parts about coming into the Florida office is seeing another female being doing it and mm. making it happen. And I was like, okay, she can do it, I can do it. And then coming into New England, we had Mackenzie, of course, and she was just already absolutely crushing it. But New England in general, there was something special. There's so so much of a family vibe and energy, and I think energy is everything, that I think really pulled me into just the self-belief that so much was possible here.
1: Ariana, why do you think that it historically has been a male-dominant industry? What are some of the roadblocks like mentally that – you think he'll hold women back from doing this job more?
0: So I think historically, men have done this job because they have other friends and dudes that do the job with them, and they don't think to recruit women. Honestly, I think I think it comes down to that because women are more than capable of doing this, as we have proven in New England over and over and over again, um, and consistently. Men just maybe don't take the time to think about the the women in their lives that could be really good at this. Um, maybe it's a little bit of an ego thing, but but what's cool is once you start getting a woman or two in the industry, they're like, oh well, I, I'm crushing this, and then it makes people believe that, oh, okay, as a woman, I can be successful doing this. And you start seeing the money that other people are making, you start seeing other people being successful, happy doing this job, and you're like, oh shoot, why why can't I have that for myself? Mm. And I think that's a a, a big difference in just a mental dynamic, maybe. And maybe the thing is, too, if women are coming into, um, you know, an office that there aren't another uh, woman in or they're not a lot of uh, female presence, they might say, okay, so I don't know if I can do this. Right. But all it is is just a mental barrier. Right. Just like anything else, because we we put up these blocks just like and men do the same thing, right? Like, oh, I'm just not as um, I'm just not as vocal. I'm just not as boisterous. But women do the same thing where they're like, oh, well, I'm a, I'm a girl. I don't know if I can do this, right? And all it is, is it's just these little things that we create for ourselves that are really just excuses um, that keep us from being success- successful or pushing ourselves further in something. So once we can overcome that, then we're like, oh, shoot, I can do this. And people start to see that. And then you're like, oh, well, you can start recruiting more women and start building a sales force that is successful and crushes it. So,
1: so who is the, who is a woman who sort of empowered you? Like who, when you saw, like when you came to the company, who was someone that you saw and you were like, Oh, she's killing it. I can do this.
0: So when I came to Boston West, I think I might've been one of maybe two women in in the office and, and, uh, one of the other ladies that was there wasn't really doing much. So it was definitely Mackenzie Watts, um, that I saw as a, as a DM and, she was being super successful, crushing it. And I was like, oh, she can do it, I can do this. And I started hearing her and seeing her at the conferences and, and hearing her story. And uh, we had a very similar story. We both started in the car industry. And I'm like, okay, so I can take my knowledge just like she did. And as long as I know how to work with people, that, that's all it comes down to, mm-hmm. right? And uh, once I learned that, that, that it was game over, I was like, okay, I got this. So.
1: Well, Neely, what was your, what were you doing before this?
3: So I was uh, just working regular, basic, minimum wage jobs. Uh, worked at a beauty store, worked at a gym. Just not really doing anything with my life. And then I think for me, it wasn't like, oh, I'm a woman. I don't know if I could do this. I think it was more like I wanted to do something better for my life. And I knew sales came with commission. And I know you could make more money than like a minimum wage job. Mm. So I... um when I started this job, I just went into the office. We started at Rhode Island and I just seen, there was like probably like 10 guys. I just went into the office and I didn't look at it like, oh, this all men. I'm the only woman. Like mm. I'm not going to be able to do yeah, this. Yeah. One of these
1: does not look like the others.
3: Yeah. I just looked at it like, oh, these guys have nice watches. They have nice <laughs> shoes. Um, yeah. Whatever they're doing, I want to get involved. So yeah. I didn't really separate, oh, I'm a woman, they're a man. I just looked right. at it like that.
1: You never had this moment where you're like, oh, they can do it. I can't do it because I don't see another woman here. Yeah,
3: I actually looked at it like I might have an advantage because I'm a woman. Mm. So I just looked at it like if they can do it, I could definitely do it.
1: Yeah. I think women have a superpower with this job that men don't have, which I think women are a lot less threatening on the doors than men are. Um, You know, I think if a housewife, you know, stay-at-home mom or a woman answers the door, I... My perception would be that they would be more open to talking to a woman than a guy. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. What do you guys think?
2: Well, then they need the husband to come to make the decision.
1: Right. And you, and so t- talk to us about that. Because I know men, if a guy knocks on a door and is in a house with a stay-at-home mom and all of a sudden the husband comes home, the the husband goes instantly into like caveman mode where it's like, you know, my house You know my house my woman like get out of my house you know what i mean like there's this thing so what's the what's the female version of that
3: i look at it as if if you do end up getting in the house and it's it's just you and the husband and the wife comes home like the last thing you want to do is ignore her and act like she's you know it's her house at the end of the day so when she comes in you immediately just want to put all your attention on her like Mm -hmm. hey woman to woman i'm here to help you guys out and you know, and it's nothing else. And then I think that helps a lot, like her feel more comfortable in her own house. For sure. You're there. Yeah. I like to crack a joke because I, I feel like I'm pretty
0: obviously gay, and so, so <laughs> I'm, I'm just like,
3: <laughs>
0: I'm just like, oh hey, it's the the queen of the castle. Oh, I'm his other girlfriend, and I'll just make a joke about that, and usually I'll get a laugh or something, and be like, oh yeah, and, hey, my name's Ariana. I'm just joking. I'm I'm here just talking about the solar. And then we'll, we'll get into a conversation and, but the, the important thing is to address them immediately. You don't once like, just like Neely said, don't ignore them at all. Don't take any second to, to wait to, uh, you know, address the fact that they just arrived.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I'm in that situation, if a husband comes home, every single question that he asks me, I will always say, Oh, great question. She actually asked me that a few minutes ago and here's the answer. And the reason I do that is I don't ever want there to be like this gotcha moment where when I leave the home, the husband's like, see, you didn't even ask him about this. You didn't even ask him about that. Like, you know what I mean? I don't want, you know, every relationship, they'll put on their best face when they're in front of you. But the moment you walk out of the house, that's when the real conversation happens, right? So it's like, every single question the guy asks, I make sure he knows the wife already asked that question whether she basically did or not and and even if it was a similar question whatever I always like make sure I have her back so that when I leave she can be like yeah I asked him that you know what I mean so um anyway so Kristen you work a lot with our combine I think um you know I've I've been asked by other leaders in the company like how has New England grown our female presence so strong and if there's any women listening to this now that are thinking about doing this job, what's been your experience working with our combine with females and like, what's kind of your overall, do you have different advice for them or is it pretty much just the exact same thing? Is it just a mental thing that they think it's different for women? Like what's, What's your take on women who start the job with us?
2: Well, I try not to bring sex into it at all because I am a strong believer that we all have our own difficulties that we face, whether we're man or woman. And when, just like we were just talking about, when you come into a home and you're sitting at home with a husband and the female comes home and they're like, who's this girl in my house? Or vice versa, we all have to, you know, we all have to deal with that in a different way, right? And then we then all of our attention goes to that person. So when I'm you know, when we're training with Combine, I, I really try to make sure that we have an emphasis on there all of this all this job comes down to your mindset and your work ethic. And if you can keep your mindset strong, if you can, you know, put in the hours and work really hard and be a sponge and not let any outside, you know, ideas come come into place and just stay focused laser focused on the proven path to success you will ultimately have success. So to answer your question of, you know, advice for females, I think that coming into this a lot of the times women are kind of hesitant because they think about, you know, safety, am, am I going to be, you know, we're taught that we sometimes need a man to feel safe and I think if you're coming into this and you have that confidence and that presence and your, that awareness, then there, as long as you are self-aware and you're working hard and, and you're, you're staying focused and, and not, you know, slipping up, you're dressing appropriately, then I think that there, there really isn't much of a difference.
1: So what, what are the differences for, um, a woman that's maybe just starting with us. What what are some differences that you guys think there might be um, as a woman as opposed to a guy knocking the door? I mean, I think, um, you know, I think you do have to be a little more cognizant of, like, if a creepy guy answers the door and he's like, come on in. I've only had one experience like that. (laughs) Really? I had
2: one experience and I was in a pedophile neighborhood. I ended up pulling it up after. But it's just, it's the same thing, real estate agents. You know, you gotta think about it. Like you're going door to door, but real estate agents are meeting with people that they don't know either. So Mm. when someone, if someone was ever, which actually in my four years of training, I've never had someone come to me and say, you know, as a woman, I'm experiencing this and I feel like I'm being discriminated. I've never experienced that with any reps that have came in. But we have to understand, you know, there's multiple jobs that, you know, you go to a home and you just have to have that self-awareness. You don't turn your back to a customer. I say that on my trainings, but I'm saying that to everyone the same way that, you know, a girl can get attacked. uh, A a male could be attacked as well. So I don't really say, you know, a female or male. You got to be extra careful males you got to be extra careful too let them let them go into the basement first
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i don't ever think about that i mean so that's the thing like i think that's the difference is like i'm in i'm in a house and like it never crosses but you're
2: also like super tall like you're like i'll take anyone out
1: it's true (laughs) neely what do you think like if you like advice to a woman that's just starting with us like are there any little things that you're like hey like And maybe you're like, I'm not even sure if there's a difference between a a guy or a girl, but, like, here's some things just to, like, sort of think about.
3: Yeah. Well, I think um, I always come down to, I think, as women, we have an advantage in the door-to-door industry because uh, people are used to men coming to the door for being a male-dominant industry. So when they see a woman, we automatically break preoccupation. It's like, Mm. what is this girl doing at my door? It's different. Yeah. And then... um, I think, as long as you as a woman, you stand your ground and you're firm and you're like, Hey, I'm here to help you i'm i'm a nice yeah, I'm a nice woman maybe. I'm not here to harm you guys in any way and um you immediately show that respect they're gonna respect you as well so I don't see any difference i I just think we have an advantage because there's not many women doing this so in an area where there's like especially an area that it's overly knocked and then and it's mostly men and then you come as a woman and you're just explaining the same idea that everyone else is. Mm-hmm. And us too, as women, I want to say like, we're more nurturing. Uh, we're more emotional. We're more caring as women. That's, um, uh, it's our motherly nature that we have. So I think we're more willing to listen to, uh people at the door where, so uh, yeah, I think we have an advantage.
1: Yeah. A little more empathetic. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I think that that's a huge advantage um, that you're so there's a there's a one of our managers out in California his name is Jeff Gallivan he talks about even so so he he manages a team in Bakersfield California and it's a smallish metroplex and they've had 40 50 60 reps in that market for like 9 straight years every single street you knock has been knocked and they're still one of the top teams every single quarter with installs and so he's like there's never a door that you knock that like hasn't been knocked before but he's like what you have to understand is you're a different matchup for that customer than the last person that knocked the door. So just because a street's been knocked doesn't mean you can't get sales on that street. You got to remember like you're a different matchup. It's just like in basketball like different teams will play really well against different teams because of the way they match up player to player, right? So like you could have the worst team in the league, but they're just a problem for the best team in the league because of the player matchups right so I think that women in you know men are men can be different matchups for homeowners as well but women are like an entirely different matchup for customers you know and so I think that's a huge advantage when you're out like you just have to remember like I'm a totally different matchup doesn't even matter who answers the door like they've never had a woman knock the door that's been really good at sales and help them understand this process so so I don't know Ariana what do you think <laughs> I concur. No. <laughs> no, but I, actually, to go back to something
0: you said earlier, you were talking about how, as you know, big, what, what are you, 6'3, six, 6'4? Six, yeah, 6'4. Okay. So you're a big dude, right? And you just have this energy of, hey, this is what we're doing. And you don't really have to say much other than just, like, say it in a very monotone, like, all right, so this is the next thing we're doing. We're, we're going to go do this, <laughs> point, and say, okay, that's what we're going to do.
1: Just, I'm aware I have a, a monotone problem. Okay. No, um, there's nothing very, wrong with like, it. I'm aware. It's, I'm self-aware a, enough to know.
0: It's a good thing because it works in the doors. It works <laughs> It works in the home. And so, honestly, women just have to have the same energy of, like, one of the guys in our office when I first started working He's actually who recruited me. He used to call me a pit bull because I would just, I'd be in the house and be like, yep, so we're going to go do this, right? And, and you just point and say, you know, this is the next thing we're doing. And they're not expecting that, especially from a small, you know, five, 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 four, you know, girl that's at your door. And so they'll listen to you. And I, I think that a lot of times if you carry that level of confidence with you, you just come across that much more like, oh, crap, this person knows what they're doing. Like, let me listen to what they have to say. And it's... It, it's because you are a small human, they're not expecting that, that kind of um, confidence to come out of you. Mm. So I, I think that we have an advantage in that front too. If you can find a way to, to just find that like, no, nope, this is the next thing we're doing, uh, go grab me your bill real quick. Um, I, I got to show you a couple things and you just wait and they'll go get it. So it's, it's um, you know, it, it, as long as we understand like, hey, we, we do have that kind of power, the same as a six foot five, six foot four guy has but it's just in a completely different way because they're not expecting it from you.
1: Yeah.
2: You have to be able to balance your masculine and your feminine energy. And I think that's for all sales reps, right? Like if you, if a man could come in and they could be more receptive and listening to, you know, the customers, the homeowner's problems and what they need, or just more listening to them in general, they're going to be more receptive to the sale and hundred percent. And for a female that is standing their ground and having that confidence and matching that energy that needs to be matched, then it's also gonna be more accepting because it's like, it's like you said, yep, she knows what she's talking about.
1: Yeah, I think on the doors, you're, I think women are a lot less threatening on the doors. So I think you guys can like get in homes easier than guys can. Do you feel like there is a issue with like, say, men in general, like taking you seriously once you're in a house or like husbands are like not like, like I've heard that from a few females that I've talked to, they're like, they're like, yeah, it's super easy to get at home. But like once I'm in the home, I feel, I feel like sometimes they don't take you as seriously. Have you guys felt that at all? Or is that more of like, you just need to get better as a sales rep and learn how to actually have more presence in a home, learn the better questions. And every rep goes through that. It's just, you got to understand kind of w- what your natural sort of hurdles you have to work through are
2: correct and i love that you just said that because i think so many people are so quick to blame it on oh it's because i'm a a guy or Mm -hmm. it's because i'm a girl it's your skill set and everyone starts at ground zero and you have to practice and if you're running into that just like ariana said there are successful women out there they're obvious they've obviously figured out a way to sell those type of people and it's because they've practiced they've learned they've taken the time to master their craft
1: Well, yeah. And like even the threatening part, like, so I, I have the opposite perceived opposite issue. I'm a big guy, right? So the perception would be that I'm threatening on a door. So I purposely will do things to make myself less threatening. I stand at the bottom of the stairs. I talk in a really soft tone voice when I'm like starting the pitch. I talk slowly. I don't like, you know, I don't use like, super aggressive like tones toward people, right? And even if they come at me a little bit, I'm just I'm just like, hey, like I'll be super quick. Like I'm very just like chill and kind. And that like eliminates that. So I think women have the opposite issue on the door, but then once you're in the house, you have to kind of understand what you need to work through. So I don't know. What about like in the office, like working with the other guys? Like in Ariana, like you're in a DM position, uh you're female, also gay. Uh, like what, like there's some hurdles that you've overcome to get where you're at. Like talk to us about this. Like what have you, have you felt any of that as you've like, or has it kind of been your chip on your shoulder? Like I got this, like, I don't care what, you know, it's
0: definitely been both. So uh, like a little backstory, I, I came from the car industry, which is very, um, I don't know a better word to say it other than kind of sexist. It's, it's a hard industry to work in as a, as a female. And um, just because the guys always feel like oh, they know more than you about the car. And, and I, I also worked in a car dealership down south. So, so they're
1: mansplaining to yes, you constantly.
0: Yes, 100%. And it's the most <laughs> annoying effing thing. <laughs> so So coming into, you know, door-to-door sales, it was a completely different beast. And I understood that there's a lot more for me to learn. But also I feel like I knew how to work with people. And I feel like at the the core of it, like if you know how to work with people and to talk to people, like that's all you really need to know to be able to expand from there. Mm. So coming in from a uh, in, into a manager position, there was a lot I had to learn with, okay, having to figure out the different dynamics, especially as a female manager, but also as a gay female manager. And it's not, it's not even just being respected, but okay, um, having to work the little extra mile to earn the respect at first. Yeah. And then once you've been, you know, like I've I've been in the office for five years now and I feel like I've, I've finally gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, I feel comfortable. Um, But not in a way of where, where like, I know I have to continue to earn my position every day, you know, but um, there's definitely like a little extra just feeling of, okay, even imposter syndrome in some, in some situations. Like, do I belong here?
1: Yes. And Mm
0: -hmm. that's just something that's just one of those inner battles and, and uh, mind things, you, you have to work through yourself, right? Because it, it does come down to, to me at the end of the day, like, okay, I know I'm a good leader. I know that I am good at working with people. I know that I'm good at leading my team. Um, so just reminding yourself that and then being like, okay, l- let me go execute. Um, so it's, it's a daily battle and it's a daily, um, it, you know, setting affirmations, making sure that you're following through. But but just like anybody, I feel like everybody deals with that regardless, Um, but maybe just to a a different level to some extent.
1: Well, it's like it's like fair or not. I think initially whenever we've promoted a female um, in the areas that I've been working with, I feel like initially your margin of error is just a little smaller than a guy's where it's like eyes are on you. You know what I mean? Like you got promoted and there's other guys that are like jockeying for the position, right? And they're, they're like trying to get promoted as well. And um, so then what happens is all of a sudden the woman gets promoted and there's a little bit of a microscope. And I think the margin of error is a little smaller, which is not fair, but it just kind of is what it is. But I think as you prove yourself quarter after quarter, that margin of error becomes the same as the guy's. Is that, I mean, Kristen, like when you started the combine position, that was a position that we kind of came up with together and we really looked at your skill set, but I got some pushback from that. And there were guys that are like, what is this position Kristen has? Like, what, you know, like it was this thing. And like, I felt like you kind of had to really like prove yourself with it.
2: Yeah. And I mean, it's just like you said, quarter after quarter, it takes time. And I think that it's, it's hard sometimes because Sometimes males, I'll say, you know, they don't appreciate structure, systems, organization because males are go, go, go. And that's sometimes their specialty and that's an amazing thing. But sometimes behind the go, 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 we need the systems. We need the structure that brings us to the highest level. And I think when we first introduced our combine program, it was so new for us to have a program that was so organized when You know, when I came into uh, Combine, well, we didn't even have Combine yet, but back in 2016, I was handed a pitch and I was told to learn it, figure it out. And that's how our Combine program was born, because I was like, okay, but what the heck is any, what does any of this mean? What is as built like what the heck and so what's
1: what's an as built
2: (laughs) i didn't even know what a kilowatt i mean i came from bottle service so i didn't even know what a kilowatt hour was and i was told to here was my pitch she was like
1: i can name every alcohol in a bar and i can make any drink you need i can
2: sell you a six liter champagne but (laughs) yep solar don't know what a kilowatt hour is so right uh, to come in and see that that was such a huge you know, opportunity for growth for us to be able to provide you know, a very organized system to help with retention and help our you know, reps coming in feel comfortable and uh, that they had somewhere to go to. It was something that we really had to prove because every leader that had 300, 500, 600 installs, they all were, came, came in and they excelled with just being handed a pitch, but not everyone is like that. So it was definitely something to prove.
1: So, like, you know how, like, we have a lot of former car salesmen. We have, like, a lot of people that have, like, former sales experience. But, like, I feel like there's so many women out there doing jobs that would be so good at this. Absolutely. Like, what are the what are the professions where you guys are, like, you see a girl that's just awesome at maybe it's being even, like, a waitress or, like, a server, flight attendant, like, anything. And you're, like, he'd be so good at this. Like, I know you came from the bottle girl industry. We have... We have like five or six former bottle girls in New England that all sell for us and are doing awesome right now. You know, and they're used to like being in these environments where they're just like pushing. You need
2: to find girls that like money. Just <laughs> That's what brought me. Is yeah. that yeah. the it's key?
1: Like, <laughs> it's
2: like okay, yes. if you're making this amount, and we can double it. I was in. <laughs>
1: that was all it. Took. That's
2: all it took. And it, I was, you know, I was recruited by Jordan. Was recruiting my ex boyfriend and. He told my ex boyfriend, "You can make this amount, which was double what I was making, and at that time it was an unfathomable amount to me." You're like,
1: like, "That's not possible."
2: I, I, I thought it was possible. I, I trusted Jordan. How, however, I was, I was like, "Well, why is he getting this opportunity? I, I, if he can do this, like, yeah. I, I mean, he's my equal in my eyes. I can do it with him." So I, I think that uh, you know, if you, if the women can see, and and this is what I was saying earlier. You know, you saying yes to an opportunity. My ex-boyfriend saying yes to this opportunity, and and anyone seeing that someone that you know, someone that you trust, someone that you find to be your equal, them saying yes, their story of saying yes, that's their their story can be your salvation. That their story can be your mm. opportunity and your leeway to going yeah. in.
1: I agree. I mean, I uh, back in the old days uh, when I first got recruited to sell door to door, I remember going to a meeting. This is in two thousand four and this kid got up and he was sharing like his experience from like the summer of selling home security systems or whatever and he was such a dork and i was like if this guy just did this like i'm going to crush this you know what i mean (laughs) and that doesn't always obviously translate you know what i mean but like sometimes you just need to see someone that you know or someone that you're like i'm kind of like them and i think i can do this you know what i mean
2: You you told me that when I came into New England, because from Florida, I was in a loan-only market, came to New England, where I had to, as a district manager, learn how to sell PPA. And I I told you, I was like, I'm a little nervous about this, never sold PPA. And you said, Kristen, look around the room. If some of those guys could do it, you can do it. And and that got me through. Yeah. I think I felt that
0: way, like, my whole time, just as a a rep, and then as a manager, I'm like, these guys can do it. I can hundred percent do it. Are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So
1: it's so true. I mean, it's funny though, because what, what holds you back from doing it? Right. It's like, there's this perception or like, I don't know if I could do that, but it's such a, it's like a self, you know, deception that you can't do something when really you can. So um, and I think that's like the overall message that I really want to get out there is I feel like we have this missing like piece to our puzzle that's out there. We're starting to get it in New England where we have probably 30, 35% of our sales force now are female and um, but we're like way ahead of a lot of the other areas with our female presence and I feel like New England has so much more room to grow. Like until it's 50-50, I feel like we're missing a huge opportunity you know, so like, what do we have to do as a company to encourage and empower more women to come start doing this job?
0: I mean, to be honest with you, I, f- I feel like women just have a better way of connecting with people in some ways, like especially on the doors. So if you are a male sales rep, think about the women that are in your life, your, your friends, your girlfriends, your, you know, your friend's significant other, right? Like who who would be good at, at crushing it? Are they good at talking to people? They like money. Okay, well, let's talk to them.
1: <laughs> Those two things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That,
0: that's literally it. Because because here's the thing, as a girl, especially for myself as a, as a female coming into this industry, like I did have a little bit of a chip my, on my shoulder thinking about all the the males that I'm working with and how I'm one of the only girls in the room. I'm like, yeah, F yeah. I'm gonna try to crush it here. Are you kidding me? I need to, you know, I need to, mm. you know, sh- to strut my stuff. I need to show that I am capable. And so a lot of people come into this with that kind of energy of, like, no, let me see what I can do, right? Let me push myself because I do have what's almost seen as a disadvantage, which, yeah. you know, we've talked about that today. It's not really a disadvantage at all, but <laughs> but compared to some of your coworkers, you might feel that way, and that can be the fire under your ass to go get the job done, mm-hmm. right? So,
1: What about Neely? Like, your, your significant other sold as what? Well. Does he still sell with us? Yeah, he's still with us. And you're, I mean, I don't want to, like, This isn't a negative thing, but you're doing really, really well. And, like, what's the dynamic like? Because this isn't the first time, by the way. And did he start first or did you start first?
3: No, um, I actually started first. And then, like, a week later, I was like, just quit your job. Yeah, come do this. Let's do this. Let's figure it it out.
1: So, um, when like, uh, we've had several other situations where – the, the man started and then the wife or the girlfriend started and then the girl started doing better. Um, has that been like, you know, maybe we have a lot of those situations. That's like, we've got meat on the bone here where we have a lot of dudes. That have girlfriends that could do better than them. Like how do we <laughs> get, we need to get more guys recruiting their girlfriends or their wives.
0: The, the thing is just humility with the, with the boyfriends, just a little humility goes a long way
1: <laughs> with, uh, with, with, the girl, like No, no,
0: just just the guy being like, Okay, you know, if if my girlfriend beats me, then that's I just have to level up myself, you know?
1: Well, and I know that you have a really supportive situation. So maybe talk about that a little bit.
3: Yeah. I think uh what it is, it just comes down to mindset. Like, um, like I was we we started this together. Like we were the first year we did every single door together. We like just split the deals, we helped mm-hmm. each other out. I was really good with the business aspect of it of just like getting customer to sign the paperwork and he was really good with building rapport and then we just got to a place where we were like all right let's build our own success and I just kept going and it's just because uh, I had drive like I don't think it had anything to do with me being a woman and him being a man I just had a lot of drive and he was completely honest with me he was like oh I just got complacent like I made a good amount of money and I just has it work- caused
1: any friction in your relationship once you guys started doing your own kind of like path within the company?
3: Uh not really. Um I think the ma- I think we just really support each other. So yeah. like if I'm doing really good, he's very supportive of me. He's your biggest cheerleader. And yeah, he yep. really is. Like I probably wouldn't be as good as I am if it wasn't without him. So right. that's why I don't look at it like, "Hey, you're not really doing that good." Like Cause he's helped me so much, but at the end of the day, like I want us to both, like I'm not any different from him. So it's like, I look at it, like if I could do this, you can definitely do this. And I think he's like picking up on that and he's like, all right, I got to stop being complacent. I got to get to it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, um, talk to us about just your overall kind of like hours on the job. We have a lot of, um, our combine right now and Kristen can tell you guys this, but our combine company wide is we're growing faster than we've ever grown as a company. So we have a lot of new people listening. Um, maybe I'll start with Neely. What, what's your advice on just like hours working and maybe just like one piece of advice you could give to someone starting this job right now, male or female. Uh, Well,
3: so my hours, um, all are- right, I basically, I, two to eight, like, that's what, Breno, he's our DM in our office, he's like the top rep, like, in the industry, everyone knows who he is, and he always preaches two to eight, so I follow that, I'm two to eight, definitely four to eight, those are prime hours, we always talk about prime time, make sure you're working those hours, so uh, one piece of advice I could say, because a lot of deals that I get are cold doors, like, Um, I try to get as many referrals as I can, but most of the business I get is cold doors, and it's because I'm always on the field, and I'm, and I don't just, that's, like, one thing I could say was very different from, like, me and my significant other, like, we were both on the field, two to eight, but I think where, what I was doing right, where I was more efficient, so I was... I looked at it like, yeah, I'm working six hours, two to eight, but I don't feel like I'm working unless I'm talking to somebody. That's what I would take as working. So if I wasn't talking to somebody, I'm not working. So I don't look at it like, okay, two mm-hmm. to eight. I look okay. at it like how many people can I talk to in a day to get where I'm going, whereas he was looking at it two to eight. As long as I'm on the field, something's going to happen. But I'm like, no, you have to be more efficient. That's Yeah, that's I, think,
1: I think a lot of reps – what they do is they trick themselves into thinking they're being effective, right? Like they're out, they're walking around neighborhoods, whatever. The reality is unless you're actually talking to someone, you're not working, right? So I, I, my, when I was selling full-time, um, have you guys ever seen a professional chess match where they have these little oh, yeah. clocks, right? And it's a, it's a bi-directional clock and there's a button. So anytime you make your move, you hit your button and it starts the clock of the other player. And if you run out of time, then you lose. So the moment your clock starts ticking, like you have to make your move. And then right when you make your move, you hit the clock and your clock stops, his clock starts, right? So I kind of like have that mentality when I'm out knocking. I'm like, okay, uh, my opponent just hit my clock. Mine's turning right now until I start talking to a customer like that's I can't hit the clock again until I've actually talked to a customer right or like anytime I I'm talking to a customer that's the only time the time actually matters you know so anyway
2: it's so true and you said actually on a previous podcast that helped me that it's the small things that make such a difference with our reps like how long are you standing on that doorstep and i would stand there for a while i'd be on instagram i'm like i got at least three more knocks so yeah (laughs) if
1: someone was like in their house watching you they're like this girl's been on our (laughs) porch for seven seven minutes on our doorstep. this is
2: a competition (laughs) but when i heard that i was like what am i doing standing here i gotta go yeah so yeah Well, it
1: also like drains your I always think of like a video game and the main character like it shows their energy levels on the screen Right, like up in the upper left corner or whatever If you're standing on a door and no one's answering your energy levels just draining, right? And the moment you look at your phone it like accelerates the energy drain. So I'm always like, okay, I've got like a minute here and I try not to knock doors that It's not obvious someone's home so like if you're a brand new rep, don't go knock empty doors, especially during the day. Like go to homes with two cars in the driveway, like where the storm, the main doors open and the storm rows closed, just like windows open on a house, just like signs of life, right? So anyway, I don't know. Ariane, you, most of your sales are door knocks, right?
0: 100%. Yeah, I mean, and now that I've, I've got a decent amount of installs, I, I do a lot of referrals too, mm-hmm. but I would still say I'm out, you know, as a manager, Tuesdays and Fridays or ten, tend to be long days because of our, our meetings. But Monday, Wednesdays, Thursdays, uh, I try to be out eleven to 7 thirty and then I have uh, an appointment after that. So my, my goal is between seven and eight have an appointment that I'm closing. Aside from that, I'm setting appointments for myself for later in the week or trying to close them later that day mm. And so as long as I'm out on the doors making conversations, like I spend a lot of my time. I pull directly into people's driveways. I don't spend time, you know, I try to be as proficient as possible. so if I don't have to walk, you know, down A whole street to, to the last house on the street I can just drive up and pull in their driveway and save myself five minutes to go knock on their door and, and get an answer as Opposed to just knocking whatever door is, is next to me that obviously doesn't really have any signs of life So that's what I look for and I've learned in my my years of being on the doors Just be as proficient as possible when you get in the house Hey, which which of your neighbors actually, you know, you think I should go talk to mm-hmm. right start start making friends in the neighborhood and you get referrals that way. And then you're like, oh, hey, I'll hook you up if they end up going. Actually, you want to go introduce them, so, uh, introduce me to them. Um, and that's been huge because I, I feel like people, the, when, once they get to know you, they like you. They, they vouch for you in front of the next person. And then all of a sudden, okay, now now I've got a whole friend group, essentially, that I've, I've made that end up being sales.
1: So. Mm, I love that. Kristen, you work exclusively with Combine. What advice do you have... So, so what are some key things that you've seen that uh, makes a successful combine versus an unsuccessful one? Like, if you had to boil it down to, say, three key things, where you're like, "Hey, look, I work with hundreds of combine reps every year. Here's the ones that do well. Here's the ones that don't and end up not working for us, you know, anymore. So, like, wh- wh- what, 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 what is it?
2: So I always say that you need to be a sponge to be successful in this job. However, I think that it's really important and to answer your question, what separates the strongest from maybe not the not so strong is making sure you're not relying and leaning too heavily on shadowing, feeling like you have to know everything before Mm. you can be successful. And just getting out there. You can get on all of our trainings. You can show up to every meeting. You can shadow a million times. But the best teacher is going to be the doors. And you're going to learn the most. You're going to grow the most when you just do it yourself. Have your hands on the iPad figuring out the technology. Versus Mm -hmm. looking over someone's shoulder. Trying to figure it out. Trying to take a million notes. Studying those notes. If you just get out there, that's what's going to give you the most success.
1: So a lot of it is there's no substitute by trial and error learning just getting out there and like
2: get out there and and that goes to what i was saying earlier every and when when my program was created it and there was a lot of hesitancy like you said because all of the most successful dms they were handed a pitch and they were told to figure it out and they found success there are other people that come into this industry and, and they need to have the definitions and understand and have more of a support system and they go into more success, but if you are just going all in, the best teacher, the the main teacher is the doors.
1: Well, it's like you can, you can sit and read um, about how to hit a baseball. You can sit and read, you can watch videos on how to hit a baseball. You can have someone tell you, you can have the best hitter in the world tell you how to hit a baseball. Until you get in the batting cage and start swinging at balls coming at you, you're never gonna hit the baseball. And you don't right? have to be
2: yeah. good at hitting the baseball.
1: And you don't even have to be good at it. It's just like just get in there and start swinging the bat, and and, and you'll start getting hits, right?
2: Yeah, and we say that over and over and over again. Your job in your combine is to fail. You want to fail as quickly as possible. You want to fail a thousand times. And then when you fail, that's how you learn. And and then that's how you can succeed. But you also, as you fail, you have to also be humble to ask for help and Mm. talk to your, the people that are there supporting you to say, this is what I'm running into the first time. It's fine. But over and over and over again, you have to be humble. Let them know that way you can learn and then succeed.
1: Well, maybe neely i'll ask you what would your advice be to a rep that's just starting they have some initial success and a lot of that success i think just comes from the enthusiasm of the job and like how excited they are so they're like working hard or whatever and then all of a sudden reality starts setting in about a month two months into the job where they're like man this is actually tough like the rainy days come or the cold day or you know they have a rude customer and like what what How do they work through? Because it's like right when they start, they're on this like high, Mm -hmm. and then the valley comes. But everyone that actually does well in this job works through those valleys, and then they realize that like there's peaks and valleys, and you just keep working through them. So, like, what would your advice be to someone who's currently started? Now they're in the valley. How do they get back out of that valley?
3: Yeah, I think it's like what Kristen was saying. It's about. failing like you learn the most when you fail at this job like when you're succeeding you're doing really well you're just on this high so you're not really thinking about it everything's just coming to you but when you're failing you have to take a moment and be like wait a minute things are not working out what am I doing wrong and and that's the best that's the best part about this job is because you get to take a second and figure out like okay I have to like it it pushes you to want to do better and then that's when you start to ask for help you start to keep trying i always look at it like because i've wanted to give up so many times with this job really? like yeah like oh my goodness I've how had,
1: like what stage of your career were you like i'm done with this
3: i think um yesterday <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think um almost every stage like probably once i've been doing this for 4 years once a year i'm just like oh my goodness i can't take it anymore it's so overwhelming yeah but how i look at it is like there's always another day like just because i'm having a bad day doesn't mean tomorrow like tomorrow yeah. i could wake up go knock a few doors and they could all want to go solar. So I just look at it like, just don't ever give up. Just keep going mm. and look at those times when you're failing and you're not doing good. Look at those times like, okay, I'm supposed to learn something in this and it's, this is going to help me grow and it's going to help me get better. So you actually want to fail. So, cause that's, what's going to help you succeed. And then next thing you know, you're doing better. And then next thing you know, you're the best. Mm. So
1: yeah. What's the worst day you've ever had on the doors?
3: I think it was in the beginning. Um, <laughs> Uh I don't know what happened to me. I just uh I n- knocked on the door. The guy was like, "Oh yeah, we're definitely interested. We've been wanting solar. Come back later. Um, my whole family's going to be here." So I go back later on and I knock on the door. I hear everyone inside talking, having a grand old time and they did not answer the door for anything. Like I actually heard them saying like, shh, be quiet. Like, so I just went to the car and I bawled my eyes out and I was like, this is not for me. But I realized like, no, I'm, I'm learning. Like, it's okay. It happens. Like I even like got advice, um, from my significant other. He was like, oh, don't worry about them. Like just just there's so many doors, there's so many opportunities. Like just because they're like that, doesn't mean the next person's gonna be like that. So I was like, okay, but yeah, I had a, I bawled my eyes out in the car after that. <laughs> I feel like we've all had those days. Like
0: like I think of this job as a long term relationship in some ways. Like there's days where I love this job, it's the sweetest thing ever. It takes good care of me. It gives me <laughs> gifts. It takes me on sweet trips. Yeah. It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> it takes
1: me on trips. But there's some
0: and then there's some days that I'm like, man, I just cannot wait to get out of this or, freaking room. We're like <laughs> a we're like a toxic relationship. Yeah. You
1: know what I mean? It's like some days we're the best. Some days. <laughs> other some days, days you literally hate us. So I feel like you know yeah.
0: I mean? And I, I feel like that's totally normal to go through those kind of ebbs and flows of, of uh, you know, love love hate relationship with this job. But I think as long as you stay consistent, right, that the one thing you can control is your attitude with everything. And so if you just stay consistently putting the time and effort in, it's gonna pay off. So that's a hard thing to I mean, to try to just keep that equanimity. Uh, through the whole, I mean, however long you, you are with, with us, and hopefully, you know, you find a career and can find your, your niche in it. Um, but it, it just takes some of that time of, of like, okay, let's go through these hard points to be able to see the what up, was the What uprisons, was your worst right? day ever? Oh, geez.
2: Um, <laughs> uh, when you got, remember the
0: pit bull? Or you got bit? I did get, I got bit by oh. uh, a German shepherd. But honestly, that was not my worst day because I actually still have a scar from that. Um <laughs> But here's the the best part about that, that was I did end up selling that customer and I sold it was a duplex so that was the uh, the next door neighbor's dog yeah I ended up selling them too and I made like twenty grand all in all so okay. oh boy That's so I can't cool. okay. I can't complain about that yeah. I wait, mean, wait,
1: the question is is would you take a German shepherd bite for that commission <laughs> yes every single time
0: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I just beat him up with my iPad and I got him off me <laughs> eventually it's <was, laughs> it all set um, but yeah no I I think this the worst day I still remember it was just I, I told you. Guys about it earlier was this um this guy called me because i had sold his wife who was like oh yeah i'm the boss of this house you know I, I make the decisions i sold his wife the day before it was a cold combo and he was just convinced and you, was were like, you were like you're like do we need them. to talk to your
1: husband she's like no i make all the decisions
0: 100 yeah. she was like and i bought her she was so confident with it i was like okay sounds good
1: and, yeah. and uh, as a gay woman, you were like, yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, exactly. Like, this is exactly how I operate.
0: That's how, I mean, if I had a husband, I would just tell him what's up. That's yeah. what we're doing. <laughs>
3: exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, so, so next day, you know, the husband calls me up and is swearing at me up and down saying, you know, what the hell did you sign us up for, blah, blah, blah? You know, you're, you're trying to get us to... I get stuck in this contract, and yet, it, and so I try to explain to to him, and he's just cussing me out. And you know, I, I was just having a bad day as it is, so I started bawling, and I was like, <laughs> I can't do this, you know, like ah. And then you start questioning, like, am I an awful person? Like, no, I would just do my job. <laughs>
1: am I an awful person? <laughs>
0: <laughs> but but uh, you know, you get over those. Everyone has bad days, so it's it's normal. Um, but yeah, I'd say that was probably my, my worst day.
1: Have you had a cry moment, Kristen?
2: No, and I'm listening to this because I've actually heard a lot of females tell me they've had their cry moments. Yeah. And it makes me question and think, like, maybe sometimes we need to drop our ego and have the cry moments and embrace those feelings of, wow, I'm getting my face kicked in. And it's okay. And it goes to, like, what you were saying in Ed Milet's motto, it's the power of one more. Just keep going. That one more house, that one more door. Like. It's okay if you're going to have that cry moment, embrace it. Let your face get kicked in and then one more. We're good. We're going on that trip, baby. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Well,
1: I think that, you know, you guys touched on it earlier, I think women tend to be a little more empathetic toward situations, but because they feel a little bit more, I think maybe you're a little more vulnerable to those, like, cry moments, you know? And and maybe Kristen is, like, so determined to not have it. She's trying to act tough. But, like, she's like, maybe I do need to have one. I
2: I remember specifically a conversation I had with a customer, and he was just yelling at me and... I should have cried in that moment, Kristen. I want you to call me when you have it. Yeah, <laughs> just, call just me text and this yeah. text <laughs> our group ch-
1: text this podcast group chat that we have and be like, "Yep, had my first cry moment." <laughs> yeah, and we'll all be there for you. Yep. Neely, I want to hear a little bit about your origin story. Like, you know, you always hear about like the villain origin story. I like. I feel like Neely has like a hero origin story. So I want to hear, like, you're Kate Verdean. Were yeah. you born there?
3: Yeah, I was, actually. How old were you oh, when well. you came to the States? So I was four years old okay. when I came here. Uh, single mother, uh, three girls. I was the oldest one, so uh, she put a lot of responsibility on me because yeah. uh, she was always working.
1: So you were, like, always watching your siblings? Always
3: watching my siblings. Yeah,
1: boys or uh, sisters or brothers?
3: All, all sisters. Okay, three and girls. You said o- that, sorry. Mm-hmm. I was the oldest one. Yeah, she put a lot of responsibility on me. Um, it's the Caribbean culture to, like, uh, be abusive, so. So she, was, she what,
1: was, yeah, what do you mean by that?
3: So, um, like, just to keep your kids in order, she would be, uh, you know, be abusive. So she was <clears throat> extremely abusive towards me. Uh, just
1: like, like smacking you, like yeah, that kind of thing? Okay. yeah.
3: And, um, you know, being a single mother, I know it was really hard for her, um, especially being in a new country she yep. didn't know anything barely knew the language
1: and what did she do for work like how was she bringing her money
3: so she was working at a sewing factory she still works there actually she's been wow. really loyal been there for like 25 years Jeez. Um, yeah so uh so it was really tough um and then we kind of like didn't get along too much when i was like 16 i was like fed up i was like i don't want to be responsible anymore so i just like yeah. Left the home, uh, so I was on my own from like <clears throat> sixteen on.
1: So wait, you re- like mo- you moved out, ran like what? How, what?
3: It was like a mix of her
1: kicking you kicking out, kicking me
3: out, and me wanting to be like, "Hey, I'm free."
1: <laughs> sixteen.
3: At sixteen, yeah.
1: Where were you living again?
3: So I went to go live with my cousin.
1: It, I mean, what like in Fall River? In New or like, Bedford. New Bedford, okay. Yeah. Which is like. 30 minutes south of Boston. Yeah. Okay.
0: Hey, We were both teenage kickouts, by the way, so Yay. pound it to that. Let's go. Oh, oh. Ariana. Yeah.
1: Ariana was a dysfunctional teen. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that, but
3: all right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, it's go actually
1: ahead. couldn't be further from the truth. She was like a very, like, structured teen, and then, anyway, uh, we can get out of it. Yeah, mind. we'll get
3: the... Go ahead. Sorry. No, so... Um, Yeah. So I was on my own. So it, and I already knew how to be responsible. So I feel like it helped me a lot. Like I'm actually really grateful for the way I was raised uh, just because it, it made me who I am. Like I'm super Mm. responsible. I'm super accountable for my actions. So it's helped me. I've been on my own a lot. So I know to stand on my own. I think that's why I do so good at this job is because I don't like, even though it's good to ask for help. I, I look at it. Like I could figure it out on my own, whatever it takes. Like, I just have like a lot of drive. Yeah. And I think that's what helps me be so successful in this job, you know? So,
1: okay, so you you leave the house at 16 um like how are you making money? Like what did you like what's how did you get to here? Like what were you doing between here and there?
3: Yeah. So I was I was just I was working any job I can. Burger King. I was just any job i could take i was working it like i was i would work like three jobs at the same time just to make money like it's the only thing i could think about like something about me um ever since i was very little i don't know if it's because i came from a different country i just like always had this vision like one day i'm going to be rich Yeah. i'm going to be Thank a millionaire too. so love it, love it. yeah yes. so i just like uh, i would always envis- envision it and i feel like i spoke it into fruition like it's 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 literally happening right before my eyes Mm. but so I would just always I would always be by myself I was like a very isolated child so I would like just like just have dreams and vision that one day I'm gonna be rich I'm gonna be a millionaire and and I think that's what kept me going I I think that's one strength that I have is I'm always planning 10 steps ahead. Like Mm. I don't, I focus on the present moment. It's very good to focus on what's happening right now, but I'm always looking forward to what is my life going to be like in five years. And I know I have to take action to get there. So that's something that just keeps me going every single day.
1: Yeah. You have that immigrant mentality. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what they say. It's a thing. No, it really is a thing. I mean, it's because you come from a situation And I think you appreciate the opportunity that you have, you know, and so you take advantage of it. And a lot of people take it for granted that don't have that mentality Mm -hmm. and you don't have to be an immigrant to have that mentality. But a lot of immigrants that come to the States, they understand what life is like without opportunities. Right.
2: Her vision is her survival mode is what it sounds like. Your vision is your survival mode and it's just mandatory.
1: Definitely. Mm. So, what about you, Ariana? You, you. Well, hold on. Let's put a bow on on this real quick. So, you eventually find Sun or Viment Solar, and then now Sunrun. Mm-hmm. And where has this opportunity taken you? Like, how how has this opportunity broken the cycle that you were in, or like your family was in? Like, what where has this taken you?
3: So, basically. What happened, um, I was with my significant other, we was living at his mom's house. And I remember um, I got fired from working like a medical job, like, just, you know, like, just sitting in the office all day. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. <laughs> so um, I ended up getting fired because I just didn't show up to work. And then his mom was like, Hey, <laughs> you need to do something with your life. And I was like, Oh, you don't know me. I'm a hard worker. So, so you know, I, I
1: get it. I just got fired for no showing a job, yeah. but I'm a hard worker.
3: Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, I, because I ended up finding Vivint Solar through um, ZipRecruiter. Mm. I found it, but I didn't take it serious. So I was like, let me just do this medical job. I didn't like it. And then I randomly got a text message that said, hey, you can make $90,000. I don't even know who sent me this text. Like they were like, you can make 90,000 your first year. I was like, Oh, I'm taking it. Like, so I, um, <laughs> she's like, what? Yeah. The one text. <laughs> so I she
1: said, also calls go. all the signs that say, we'll buy your house cash. <laughs> she's like,
3: what? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so all of it. Yeah. At the
3: time I was, you know, I was just like, whatever, just like I that. that I that I had. Like, yeah. yeah. I was like, I'm yeah, going to be I a millionaire you. one day.
2: Girls that like money. Yeah. yeah. yeah, that's, yeah. that's what it comes down to. Yeah. I think, I think, like that's
3: one thing I want to say about women. I noticed the women that do really good at this job is they have drive and they they want to be successful. And like they and need, they know mm-hmm. nothing is going to stop that from and happening. And they don't need a man. 100%. To get yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. I get their yeah. own bag. Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, all right. So, Ariana, you grew up in like a very religious household. Yes. And then down in Tennessee, or you spent a lot of time down in Tennessee and then somehow up in massachusetts like what 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 happened
0: yeah so i grew up in new hampshire um and as a teenager my family was not religious until i came out as gay i'm, I'm sorry i just just to say my, my family's homophobic so i um we, we were very you know basically initial reaction was hey let, let's go to church let's Wait, pray the gay away hold on. <laughs> 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 i swear to god
1: we're pray yeah. the gay away Aww. Oh, that poor girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So when you started like rela- like saying to yourself, "Okay, this is a thing," and I'm gonna drop this bomb on the fam, like walk us through that moment.
0: I was I was so young. I was 14. I thought I was in love. I had this girlfriend at the time, and and I was like, "All right, you know, I felt committed to her," and I was like, "Okay, I need to tell. I need to tell my parents. Like, I need to tell my mom because so it was my mom and my stepdad. I wasn't very close to my stepdad, but my mom, I felt like I needed to let her know. So. I did, and it obviously the news didn't go very well, and um, we ended up starting to attend regular church services after that. And uh, yeah, so then from that point, you know, my family we'd always I'd always had a farm since I was like eight years old. Like my my uh, parents moved to New Hampshire, got farmland, and their whole idea was we want to move down south and get more more farmland. Mm-hmm. And so they did; they moved to Tennessee, which was even more you know religious. To, a religious, just very Bible Baptist, Baptist church, yeah, bat- Bible ba- yeah, exactly. So, um, anyway, I ended up getting involved in that for a while, and and I kind of went, found myself retreating back into the closet. I tried to date get date men. I tried to you know like make myself straight, and obviously. And not work.
3: Yeah, dating men <laughs> sucks. <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it, the thing is, like, I hear women to say it all the time, like, if I could choose, like, if we could choose our, our our sexuality, like, I would not choose to date men. I'm like, all right, well, that's fair. Not um, no offense, well. Adam.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> None taken. Um,
0: but anyway, so long story short, um, I, I ended up, you know, finding my way. I, I moved out pretty early. I, I was 17 when, when I moved out. And just trying to make my own way in life. Um, I did have a boyfriend for about two years. I lived with him because I had nowhere else to go. And I was working two or three jobs. I ended up finding my way into the car business. That's where my first interaction with sales was. And uh, one thing led to another. And I ended up going through a couple things there that I just, you know, I was like, yeah, I really want to get out of the car business. Um, so anyway, long story short, I found uh, solar and it was back in Massachusetts. And at the time, my grandmother was sick. So I wanted to come up here and visit her anyway and ended up staying with her to like help take care of her. And yeah, so I ended up coming back up this way, got into the solar business, uh, got recruited to Vivint and I haven't looked back since.
2: Mm. And I feel like you're in your prime right now. Like you, Ariana is head of Combine for her office and she's very nurturing and very organization, organizational with what she does in her office. But then she's also very masculine with how she puts up her numbers and is confident. And you just, you've absolutely crushed it and destroyed it. And I feel like you, right now you are just in your total prime looking at you from an outsider. I appreciate that. Thank you.
1: Yeah, she's yeah. killing it.
0: It's been, it's been like finding the the right balance, right? Of just trying to, okay, so like what percentage of, of me do I do I really put into my office? And like, how do I, and trying to balance squad work, combat and everything. And then also, okay, how do I continue to put up numbers so it's definitely a balance, but I think I think with time and practice you, you figure it out. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just starting to figure it out, so we're getting there.
2: And I think that's something that attests to anyone who could be listening is kind of finding your ba- balance with masculine and your feminine energy. Anyone, I think both stre- yeah. have their strengths.
1: Ariana is a good time, and every time we go <laughs> yeah, on, every time we go on she trips. <laughs> if we go on like a dm Taking retreat or yeah dm retreat or like a company trip like if i'm like if i'm feeling a little frisky like i want to go out and have a good time <laughs> Like I'm always like texting Ariana, like, yo, what's the plan tonight? Like, are we what are we going out? Like, what are we doing? And she's always like on. Make it. her
2: the DJ. She will yeah. excel. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah.
1: And she's led me to a couple, I would say, you know, questionable uh, <laughs> nightclubs, <laughs> bars. Same. And I'm That's like, always a good time. And I'm like, where are we? You know? Um, but um, yeah, it's always been a good time. So I appreciate that.
3: Anytime yep. One thing I could say about Ariana. So when I first started, I was um in the Rhode Island office and it was just a just a bunch of guys. so I was the only female there. Actually, females would show up and then they would leave like in two weeks. and I'm like, "What's going on? Like they just give up so easily And then I was um I didn't really shadow a lot of people, but I was like, I need to shadow another female because I have to see what it's like out here on the on the field. like what is it like for females?" other other than what I'm experiencing, so I got the opportunity, I uh, reached out to you, and you were like, yeah, come shadow me, and you've literally changed my whole perspective on this job, like I was just like, at, at the beginning, I was thinking like, wow, this is really tough for females, like how are we going to do it, especially being in an office full of men, I was like, how are females going to get through, and then I shadowed you, and I was like, like the main thing I got from shadowing you was like, Oh, it's the same thing. It's it's. There's nothing really different. You just know how to take authority and you know how to show people like, hey, I'm here to help you just like if a guy was here at your door as well. And you showed me and that really opened the doors for me. And I just started crushing it ever since I shouted you. So I definitely want to thank you for that. I don't know if That's you ever awesome. noticed. No, <laughs> yeah. no, I love that. Okay, so
0: <laughs> here's the thing. And to all the ladies that might be listening to this, like... You need to just understand that people aren't expecting you to take authority, but if you do, like, it's it's way more powerful. You just need to learn your own strength, your own power within, and just apply yourself, and that's all it is. Because once you apply yourself and you learn, like, you know what, I can do this stuff, and, and you, it, you're just going to start to see such a big difference, and that that's all it is, is you just don't think of yourself any differently You're not weaker you're you're smarter a lot of times you're stronger you know more emotional strength like just apply yourself that's all it is yeah i love that
1: how has this job affected your personal relationships like if you because i think from a guy's perspective that's where i'm coming from like i'm constantly interacting with customers you learn how to ask questions to get them talking like do you feel like it's helped or hurt relationships that you've been in
2: hurt mine (laughs)
1: it's really hurt mine why that is
0: a good question sorry go ahead kristen i'll I'll you
2: start i think you have to find a partner that's willing to grow with you and i think with this opportunity there's so much growth that comes with it you have so much person before this i had never had a mentor i didn't even know jordan would get in front of our office and jordan laplace and i would literally ask him how do you know what to say to these people how do you have so many golden nuggets to give and to provide so much impact. This this opportunity was the first time I experienced anything like that. And when you're not in a relationship that's open to growing, I mean, just this past weekend I was with a couple friends and one of the boyfriends said, She was like, Oh, you should come to the Tony Robbins event with us. There's so much personal development. He's like, I don't need personal development. I'm I'm already good. Um, and red flag. Exactly. <laughs> red exactly. Flag. Immediately no for me. However, we don't realize that's a good majority of this world. And yeah. we don't realize that because you're a product of your environment and our environment, we're trained and we're taught never stop growing. And then in the outside world, it's very rare to have that type of culture and that type of interaction. So to go back when you're in the dating world and to find someone that matches that energy, that's continuously ready to road to level up to be open to new things and to always be a student i think that's really rare and then finding someone you know that can drop their ego and be okay with their woman winning as well and maybe even w- winning more than them that's sometimes i think you know, hard for
1: guys sometimes
2: it's it's hard i mean i've i've been told that my success has been intimidating and i'm sure you guys can relate as well mm-hmm. and it, it it's hard to like kind of find that. Never want it to dim your shine for it someone is else. Hard.
0: No, you don't. Because the thing is, like, you're gonna find someone that matches your energy. But up where that, that? Amazon. No.
2: Where do you find that? Because it's not at the mouse's <laughs> ear.
0: <laughs> no, it's not there. No. <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So you you have to find someone that matches your energy. That's why like when you find a good partner, you you just gotta wife them up or whatever, husband them up, whatever you guys do. Um, <laughs> so, but, but up until that point, right, it's a waste of your time. So you just understand like, okay, if I, if I'm not finding someone that's supportive or that's, that's really matching me and my ambitions, like literally you are wasting my effing time. Like get out of my, get out of yeah. my line. Cause yeah. otherwise like you're, you're just going to put energy. You're just draining yourself and your time and your effort is so valuable uh, you don't you you don't want to waste that on just anybody right so like relationships take a special place in your life especially with this job there's so much potential for growth there's so much potential for making income like no other job out there. That, like, why would you waste your time and your energy into somebody that you're just pouring into and not getting any return on, right? Yeah, and
2: I don't think it's a bad thing. I think uh, it it weeds people out, right? You know, um, the complaint is this job provides so much personal development, it's hard to find someone that matches that. But why would we want less? Right. So it's really cool because it not only raises our standards as far as our career, but also in our personal relationships as well. 100%. I think
1: the hard part is... Um, people that are good at this job tend to be really competitive, but they're also really good sales people, right? And so when you're in a relationship that's maybe not going well, the default is I don't want to lose. And so you fight to figure it out. And then the next thing is you're trained at just overcoming objections and concerns. So like every time you're in a fight or whatever, like your (laughs) default is, no, I'm going to over, like, we're going to work through this concern or objection. Like you're always like working through things instead of just like what I, what I think sometimes we have to realize is it's okay to be reading the same book, but one of you is three chapters ahead of the other one. And you might be at different places, but you're still reading the same book. Right. And it's okay to be like, Hey, I'm a couple of chapters ahead. And you recognize that but I know that they're reading the same book and they're going to catch up to me, right? Like that's one thing, but it's a different thing to recognize we're not reading the same book right now. I'm going one way, they're going another way. And no matter what I say to try and fix this or solve it or whatever, like we're just going different directions, you know what I mean? So I think that's the challenging part is we're like, we're trained at like overcoming objections, you know? so. Yeah, no
0: worries, babe. This is what we're doing. (laughs) Yeah, no worries, babe. I'm not here for that. It's totally fine.
1: (laughs) My last girlfriend felt the same way. Here's what we found. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, yep. Exactly. Yep. You always, yeah. Anyway. It's a funny job. It is. It's a funny job. What's your favorite thing about the job?
0: My favorite thing is I feel like I learn something new every day. Like, I meet new people every day. I, I can ask people about their career. And like, I feel like I really, if I want to, I can learn something new every single day. Mm. And I feel like this job just provides unlimited growth in that way. So if you're looking for it, this is just an awesome time to be able to connect people with with different people, network, um, get to expand your own self, right? So that's what I love about it.
2: I would say mine is impact. It's just a trickle effect. You say one thing to one person and it makes such a difference for everyone going forward in Just the smallest thing, you don't even realize what you said, even what you said earlier. You don't have any clue what the tiniest thing could completely change the trajectory of someone's vision, their their life, their goals. And I think that this platform of you know, being a district manager, being a top performer in the office, it provides such an opportunity to be able to change people's lives in such a positive way to make them become better partners, better leaders better industry leaders and also to be able to impact you know the homeowners that we're working with as well it's really cool yeah and i could say my biggest
3: thing that i love about this job is growth like before this job i literally didn't know where my life was heading so to have this job it constantly makes you have to like grow learn and and if you ask yourself every day like what am I learning today? And then you just get better and better every day. Like I, like this job literally has made me like a better not like a better girlfriend, fiance, a better daughter to my mom. It's made me a better sister, uh, to my sisters. Like a, just, just a better person all around. So like, just the growth you learn from this job is just amazing. That's the one thing. Like, I I would do this job even if if it was minimum wage, mm-hmm. just because of like. The person that it makes you like you have to constantly battle what's outside there on the field on the doors every single day and it just it grows your mind it makes you mentally strong it just makes you a better person so that's the one thing i could definitely take from this
1: i want to go ahead i'm
2: just gonna say but you
3: like money <laughs> And I like money, and so like yeah, that
1: helps. If, that uh, helps. If Cancer
3: Paul
0: are listening to this, I would not do this job if it was age, So
1: just just keep that in mind. Yeah. Full disclosure.
3: Yeah. Full disclosure. The money does
0: help. Yeah,
1: I it
3: back. It does get <laughs> tough. Yeah. Yeah. It does. Get Be quiet tough. over there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> we kill her mic. Um, Andrew, cut that out. Kristen just like shouldered. Neely, I want to hear your best Burger King story before we wrap up, Neely. Like you worked at Burger, how long did you work at Burger King for?
3: So I was actually working at Burger King and Dunkin' Donuts at the same time. Oh, she was <laughs> wow. she was on the yeah, uh, you double was the, the
1: BK Dunks life.
3: So you know what it was? It was uh, so I was living with my cousin at the time, and she and she was. Um, she like had like such a poverty mindset. Like she was like, oh, we could live off the government. Like they could, they could take care of us. And, you know, and I was like, I just knew immediately, like, no, this is like, I have a vision in my mind. I want to be a millionaire. So yeah. I know you have to work hard. So it didn't, it didn't matter what it was. I was just working like all the time. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> so wait, so you're at Burger King. How long were you, How long do you work there for?
3: Uh, so Burger King, I worked for s- Six years, but I did...
1: Six years? Wow. I mean,
3: I'm sorry, six months Burger King, but I did five years at Dunkin' Donuts.
1: Okay, so Dunks was, like, your long... That was okay. my spot, yeah. So, really what, was, what was your best Dunks story where you, like, you you had that moment of being, like, what am I doing here? Like, I gotta, I gotta <laughs> figure out something else.
3: No, I actually like the job because it's super, like, fast-paced. You're just, like, constantly meeting new people. I feel like everything you do in life brings you to where you are now. Mm. So, like... What I could say, like, Dunkin' Donuts, like, at the time, I wasn't thinking anything of it, but I'm, like, I'm constantly talking to people, meeting new people every single day. I have to remember their orders. So, like, I feel like it really helps me for this job. And then you get, like, you get little tips just for being, like, you know, a nice person. So, like, you know, I look at it like you get a little commission off of yeah. doing your job. You Do know, a little
1: bit extra. You get a little tip.
3: Yeah. 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 So, so I, I liked it at the time, and I feel like – because like, me, like on a personal level, I'm a really shy person. I like to keep to myself. I don't really like talking to people. <laughs> so in this job, it's all about talking to people. Mm-hmm. It's all about getting out of your comfort zone. And and that's something that I learned at Dunkin' Donuts. Like, You have to meet new people. You have to know their orders. So I constantly had to talk to new people all the time. And it helped. So when I got into sales, I was like, Okay, I could do this because I've been doing this and you know it gets, constantly gets you out of your comfort zone.
1: Yeah, it's basically dunks, but you're just going to people's homes and stuff. Yeah, you, ta- you dunk it every time. You dunk it every time. Yeah, what's like a what's like a saying at Dunkin' Donuts like the employees like have? Like is there like a leadership, like is there a company slogans? Like I don't I mean, you know, you hear about different companies and like how they're so successful. What is it about Dunkin' Donuts that like makes them like tick?
3: I wouldn't even say, I think that's like something that separates like a job like that to this job. It's like, they don't really teach you leadership skills. They just say, Hey, do your job. Mm. Like Mm. here you're constantly learning leadership skills. You constantly have people pushing you to do better. And so there's like a huge difference. Like, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even know what to say that they do when it comes to leadership. You know, you just and have that's to find with
2: it. Being with them for five years.
3: Yeah, and that's for five years. It's yeah. like you don't really get much out of it. You can it. basically
1: look back and go, here's what here's what I learned just working in customer service, essentially. Yeah. But in terms of like what my managers helped me develop, like all that stuff, that wasn't there. Yeah. Got it. Mm. Interesting. Well, you guys have been awesome. This has been fun. Any other last thoughts before we wrap up?
2: I just want to say, like, as a female, if you are considering this opportunity and you're hesitant because you just, you know, this is something that's so completely out of the norm for you or it seems like it's a male dominated job or it seems like. This doesn't seem as luxurious as you want.
1: Hey, you were telling us that you were like afraid to even tell your parents, like what you were doing, right?
2: Yeah, I was. I, I didn't tell my parents I knocked doors for three years. I told them I was working in the office. I was like, don't worry. O- don't work it <laughs> in the office. But this opportunity can provide you the luxuries that you want. This opportunity can provide you the impact that you want. And I think that if when I started in 2016, if I would have really just fully embraced you know the knocking doors culture and fully embraced, it, it would be a completely different ball game. I, I think when you come into this opportunity, you embrace exactly what you're doing and you make it you. You don't try to make it something that's separate them from you know who you are and you say, like, hey, I'm coming here, I'm a female, I'm going to crush it, I'm going to beat all these boys' butts, and I'm going to just really take this opportunity for what it's worth, I'm going to get my own bag, then I think the sky is the limit. And when you take, you know, uh, when, when you're looking at this opportunity as if this isn't something I can do, take a look around at the people that are already doing it. Is there someone that you, you like someone that, you know, someone that you trust that is having success because if they can do it, you can do it and don't let anything hold you back outside of, you you know, this is something that anyone can do. And I I just think that's a really strong message that we should really get across.
1: It's been really fun watching all three of you grow. Um, I've been, a part of most of, you know, Neely, I would say just a little more recently. But um Kristen and Ariana especially where I've known both of you guys kind of from when this you guys both started like seeing you both grow so much over the years has been really really cool. And I know I've said this before, but like I have I have three daughters and um seeing really strong women in the region is something that's really important to me and we, you know, when I got with other leaders, we really made a deliberate, a deliberate goal to hire and develop and train women and grow women into leadership roles. And it's something that hasn't, I don't think, been on accident. It's something we've really deliberately gone after. So um, seeing kind of, you know, you guys blossom into what we dreamed about and hoped about has been one of the most rewarding parts of my job over the last You know three four five years so it's been really really cool so really proud of all three of you and uh can't wait to see what you know not just new england but the whole company looks like in five years from now so
2: um, i
1: have no doubt we're gonna have female directors and vps at some point and and it's gonna keep growing so um anyway
0: i remember like five years ago um when i first started i was in tahiti with you and uh, at the time and we we're talking about, you know, in the future, me becoming a DM, and it was something that I'd always dreamed about or, or thought, like, really hoped for. So just sitting here now with you at this point and looking back, it's it's been an amazing ride, and I, I can't wait to see where we go from.
1: from well, the future. everyone's rooting for you guys. You know, when I say you guys, I mean, like, all our, our entire women's sales force, because we recognize how important it is to grow this part of the sales force, and it's an area that... um we have just so much opportunity with right now. I mean, you have half the population that isn't like recognizing and taking advantage of this opportunity. And that's a lot of that's our fault. So like we're trying to help women in general just like understand and, you know, see this opportunity that they have. So um, you guys are the ones that are inspiring them to come take that chance
2: yeah and i think just remembering that anything is possible man or women like there is no special there is no special difference the, the special is within you and when you remember that special power is within you and you're not defining that based off of your race your sex that's when you're really going to just fully blossom
1: love that well you guys have been amazing thanks for coming on today and uh i think everyone's gonna be really excited to listen to you guys so thank you yeah. If you're listening to this and interested in joining our teams? DM us on Instagram at RunTheLeague. What are you waiting for? Run the league. Shoot us a DM. And let's get going. <laughs>